Uh, Ephesians. I'm pretty sure it's Ephesians. I'm pretty positive it's Ephesians. It should be Ephesians, right? Should be Ephesians. Yeah, uh huh. I'm the captain of the ship. Whatever I say goes. Oh boy. Come on. Come on, Mr. PowerPoint software. Do something besides embarrass me. Hello. I hate that spinning blue thing. I hate that thing. All oh, that irritates me. And apparently there ain't a thing I can do about it. Thank you. Thank you very little. Ephesians, uh, I believe it's chapter 4. Yeah, I know it is. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'll pull up the notes here shortly. Um, now next Sunday morning, uh, we're going to have several being baptized. That's how some say it, baptized. And um, most of them are going to be children. And that excites me. It really does because if there's one thing that we absolutely need to focus on as a church, along with just preaching the gospel, is ministering to the, these young people. And um, ministering to them does not mean build them their own building so they can have rock and roll shows out there and turn all the lights off. And believe it or not, that's what some church call youth ministry. And they would say that somebody like me doesn't know anything about youth ministry. Well, I know that teenagers can understand the same preaching that adults can. I know that even some children can understand a lot of what some preachers say. Not everything. I, I can remember things that I heard preachers say when I was a boy here that didn't make sense to me. I had been going, what in the world? And it's probably because I misheard him. Uh, they didn't really say what I uh, thought they said. And uh, so that's always thrown me at times. But anyway, um, that's just sort of my philosophy of it. Families stay together, they church together, they pray together, they go to the altar together, and uh, I think that's very, very important. So, maybe I don't know a lot about worldly youth ministry, but I know, I know uh, God's way, or I think I know God's way. Uh, Ephesians 5 is where, we, no, Ephesians 4, we're in Ephesians 4. All right, good to be here tonight, appreciate you being with us tonight, and um, hope I can be a blessing to you through the Word of God. Ephesians 4, we'll start there with what we see up on the screen, um, Ephesians 4 verse uh, 8 
man. Here we go. Uh, let's see here. Let's start it in some context here. Um, verse 7, But to every, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Um, wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. We talked about that. And, um, or did we? Did we talk about what those gifts were? Huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, the, uh, let's see here. He gave some apostles uh, and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But, uh, that's my notes from yesterday. Uh, there's, there's more that I'm going to add to that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask your blessings now upon your word. We thank you, Lord, for gathering us together. We thank you, Lord, Father, for uh, the, the things that you did this morning uh, through our families, through the word of God. Lord, that even, even our youngest ones are hearing the gospel, they're believing it, and they want it in their life because, like the rest of us, they don't want to go to hell when they die. And I pray, Father, Lord, that that spirit of God would be in them for the rest of their lives, that fear of the Lord. And Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, instill it in us as well. And help us, dear God, to be a beacon and a light to these children, to these young people. Lord, to show them how to behave in the house of God. That's what the Apostle Paul said. So, Father, give us that ministry as well. And we'll thank you always in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Uh, if you would, uh, take your Bible, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I believe it is. Yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The, there are other gifts that he gave other than uh, what I would call the offices. And the offices are here in Ephesians 4.11. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Those are offices that people can hold. But then there are uh, works that God's people can do. And if we look in verse 4, Four. Now there are diversities of what? Gifts. But the same Spirit. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every... Is what? Given. That's a gift word. Which means that... Do you know Oral Roberts University? Does anybody know who Oral Roberts is? Does anybody who doesn't know who Oral Roberts is? Thank you. I saw the look of a bewilderment on your face, okay? I didn't know if that was normal for you, but anyway. Um, people, some people just go around going, and I don't blame them. Uh, Oral, Roberts, Oral Roberts was one of the early TV faith healers. 
he told everybody that God told him. He started out doing these tent revivals, but he found out there was more money to be made on television. Because if you can get, let's say, 300 people into a tent revival and you can pass the KFC chicken bucket to all of them and they can put money in there, how much money would they, would they give if you were on their TV sets every Sunday morning? So he sort of helped pioneer the TV preacher thing and he came up with this thing. He said God told him this. It wasn't in here anywhere. It doesn't, doesn't come out, does it? He said God told him that all they had to do to be healed was he was going to raise his hand up to the camera. All they had to do was reach over and touch their TV set in the place where Oral Roberts' hand was on the TV screen. And he said, God told me that that was a point of contact between me and you, and that's how you'll receive your healing. He pioneered that. He invented that one. And others started using it after he did. So Oral Roberts got rich, naturally, and um, he built this... Uh, university, Oral Roberts University, naturally named after Oral Roberts, O-R-U. And um, a lot of people, especially a lot of young people, went to O-R-U. A lot of Christian young people or church young people, even if they weren't charismatic. But one of the things that was required, if you were a student at O-R-U, whether you were charismatic or not, you had to take a class on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. You had to take a class, which means that there were textbooks written. Not Bibles, textbooks. Okay? And it was a, I don't know if it was a one semester or two semester course, I don't know. I, I didn't take it. Uh, but it taught you how to receive the Holy Spirit. It taught you how to work the gifts of the Spirit. Um, it taught you how to speak in tongues. Excuse me, Peter didn't learn how. He just did it. Amen? Uh, but basically, you turned, you turned the gifts of the Holy Spirit into a required course that apparently if you don't, show forth um, the gifts. I don't know if you fail or pass the class or what. I don't know. But it, that always just stuck out to me was that they had to teach people how to do what, according to the Bible, should just happen because God says, I want you to do this. So anyway, they are given by God uh, to every man, verse 7, to profit with all. For to one is given this, by the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, 
dividing to every man severally as he will. So, where is it in the Bible that says that if I don't speak in tongues, I'm not saved? Where, where is that? I'm going to look around here on my pulpit and see if I can find it in here. It's not there. In fact, Paul, Paul actually said in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 5, I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. So Paul said that the actual best working of the Holy Spirit is prophesying. That is, and I would say that that is the one gift, well, I won't say the one gift, I'd say it's the evidence that the Holy Spirit still performs and gives these gifts to men uh, because I, it is what I'm doing with you tonight. I am prophesying to you, which simply means I am proclaiming to you the word of God. Pro some people say, well, that, prophesying, that's foretelling the future. And no, it just simply is foretelling or telling what God said. You go back in the book of Ezekiel. I've taught you this. And you can read in the book of Ezekiel where it says, Son of man, prophesy unto these people and say unto them. And that's it. That's how it defines prophesying, is that you're speaking what God said. So anyway, um, back in chapter 12, we have, um, let's see here, where do we, the verse, uh, in verse 8, we have this to, this, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Where would you find wisdom if you were looking for wisdom? In the Bible, if you were looking in the Bible for wisdom, where would you look? Proverbs would be a good place for it. In fact, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, Song of Solomon, the, the Psalms. Uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. Um, when, I am, when I'm wanting, if I'm looking in the Bible to define what a certain phrase or word means according to the Bible... Generally, I will look at Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes first. I will look at those four books first, but not exclusively. Because generally, I will find the meaning, the definition, or, or how a word or a phrase is to be used and understood in the scriptures, I will generally find it in one or several of those books. It's almost like uh, the Bible has a con concordance built into it. Uh, it almost, it, it's like it has a dictionary built into it, and it actually does. The Bible defines its own words for you. And um, so, but if you were looking for wisdom, you could certainly look in Proverbs and find it there. You could also find it in some of the things that God said through the prophets. You could certainly find it in what Jesus said. Jesus gave a lot of wisdom and so on. But there are so many places in the Bible to find wisdom. Why would you, why would you trust somebody else? Okay. Now there are people that I am aware of in this church. And I would never say who. Because I don't want them getting a big head. And I don't want anybody else being jealous. 
But there are people in this church whose wisdom I hold in high regard. And um, that's just the way, that's the way it is. And sometimes I'll pull them aside and ask them a question. Hey, I, I, need, I, need, I need some help here. Can you help me out with this? And uh, we'll look to their wisdom. Now, do I have to do what they said? No, I have to follow the word of God if it contradicts the word of God. But anyway, back to this. Uh, in verse 8 again, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. What kind of knowledge? If you're looking for biblical knowledge, there's no better place to look than the Bible. Okay, look in the Bible. Study the Bible. Get knowledge from the Bible. Faith. Where does faith come from? What, what is the origin of faith? The Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, to another, the gifts of healing. Uh, the book of Psalms says he sent his word and healed them. Okay? So... Um, in the next five to ten years, you are going to hear um, pharmaceutical companies advertising DNA fixes for certain conditions or diseases. I promise you that. They are going, they are going to start advertising that they have a DNA treatment for an ailment that you have, including, and this will be a big one for Americans, a weight loss program. They will tell you that they can fix certain genes in your body that cause you to be overweight, and you won't have to do nothing. You can eat what you want, do what you want, or not do what you want, be completely lazy, and you will lose weight, and you'll keep it off, and we will permanently cure your obesity. That's what they'll come up with. And at first, it'll be, um, it'll be uh, your decision on whether or not you want it. After a few years down the road, your insurance company may make it mandatory because they'll say, we're not going to cover any of the diseases that you'll have because of your weight, because we offered you a fix to your weight and you didn't take it. So if you come up with diabetes or you come up with heart disease or anything like that, that's due to uh, your weight, too bad, we're not going to help you. We're not going to treat it. You know what? Die. <laughs> Go to heaven. <laughs> It'll be okay. God's got that part covered. Amen. Um, but that's coming down the road. You can mark it down. Uh, to another, the, uh, the working of miracles, verse 10. To another prophecy. Uh, that certainly is in the Bible. It's, you're looking at a sure word of prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. That is biblical. Read the Bible and get to know spirits. Get to know what dragons are like. Get to know what serpents are like. Get to know from the Bible what lions are like. Uh, and I'll say this, I don't think it, I don't think it hurts you in, in any way uh, to watch maybe some documentaries on YouTube about certain animals and their habits. Because I think you'll learn something. I think the Bible teaches you to look at these things that God made. Because they are, they are an indication of what we can't see in the spiritual world. Uh, that's what I 
that's what started me learning about dragons. And I'm working on a new, I guess another Watchman broadcast on dragons because there is an explosion right now of kids' books and adult books and everything else written about dragons, fantasy stories written about dragons and dragons, dragon. everything is dragons now. And uh, I don't think that's an accident. Uh, but that's part of the discerning of spirits. So um, next time I go to uh, Kenya or whatever, and if I feel certain spirits around me, I have uh, encountered them before. Uh, I am aware of how they work and what they will use against me. Um, you might see it. Never know. Uh, if you see me flipping out, bouncing off the walls and hiding under the covers, well, that'd be it then. Um, it hasn't happened in a while. It didn't happen on the last trip that we took, uh, nor the trip before that. So, Praise the Lord. But it, it always benefits you to learn about different kinds of spirits in the Bible. And um, also, also, in the next two years, it's a guess on my part, there will be somewhere along the lines of a major Disclosure event concerning UAPs, UFOs, from uh, somebody in the government. I don't know who, I don't know what it's going to be. But I, I can see it building up. I can. You already have an admittance by members of Congress, that the phenomenon is real. You already have that. Do, what else do you need? Okay, do you need one to land in the church parking lot while we're doing a car wash or what? Okay, um, they're real. Find out in the Bible what they are. That way you're not fooled. The, the brother that came today, Gary, um, he told me yet another story, and I've heard this a dozen times. Uh, a, I've heard various versions of it, but uh, someone that he heard about or something like that, um, having an encounter with these little grays, and they cried out to the name of Jesus Christ, and instantly gone. Instantly um, that's be, that tells you right there what they are. They are the enemies of Jesus Christ, and Jesus knows them, okay? So I would say also get to know Jesus, and he may introduce you to one, okay? <laughs> I got a cage, see? And, all right, moving on uh, to another diverse kinds of, to another uh, discerning of spirits, learn spirits. And also learn what their limitations are. Do not believe some of the garbage that's out on the internet about these certain spirits having this kind of power over you or that kind of power over you. Or, or if, if, if these spirits were gone, you wouldn't be doing the things you're doing. Don't believe that. 
Don't believe that. Those spirits are released or hindered by the will of God. By the will of God. And um, as if you are a born-again Christian, there isn't a devil in the world that can force you or make you do anything. They can't do it. You supposedly have a ruler ruling in your heart right now. Is that correct? What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus, and he is not scooting over for some other spirit. Okay? That's the stuff you'll learn when you start reading the Bible. You will not be pulled in by these internet liars. And I'm about to get to them shortly. Uh, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, we have those who have translated our Bible to us and given it to us in our language. Is it possible? Is it possible? that there will come a time in the last days where God will give to certain of the disciples of Jesus Christ the ability to speak the gospel in their language to somebody. I think it's, I think it's possible. I don't know where it would fit in, but I, I think it's possible. Okay, um, obviously we don't need it now. We have Google. But anyway, verse 11, but all these work with that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Turn to Galatians 9, very quickly. Galatians 9. These are the gifts of the spirit. Not, not or the fruits of the spirit, excuse me. The nine fruits of the Spirit. And they are gifts. They are given to us because, remember, we do not produce them. We do not produce them. We cannot produce them. They are produced by uh, the Spirit of God and God himself uh, giving it out to man. Uh, just like the other gifts, severally as he will. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And here again, we're told to love everybody. But when we don't, when we have a problem loving certain people, God is the one who helps us love people that we wouldn't ordinarily love or that we have a hard time loving. Joy. Joy is sometimes hard to come by. But God can give us a joy and a peace is the next one, which passeth all understanding. Why are you so joyful? Why are you so peaceful? Because I have Jesus. Long-suffering. How can you be so patient? I have Jesus. He's helping me. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. All of these are gifts of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, uh, look at Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 
He gave some apostles, we already read that, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, uh, look at verse 14 and 15. This is where I'm going to begin the message for tonight. That we henceforth be no more what? Children. Huh? Oh, Paul said, um, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. I quit doing what children do. I quit thinking the way children think. I quit acting the way, I quit acting childish. And let's face it, people, we could be 80 years old and act childish. Amen. Okay. So it happens spiritually as well. And children get tossed to and fro easily. What in the world? They get tossed to and, tossed to and fro easily. So does my laptop. They'll believe something one day, believe something different the next day. Okay? Which is why it is important for parents to train them, to teach them in the ways of God. Don't, don't rely upon uh, either the Christian school or the Sunday school. In other words, don't, don't think in your own mind, well, they go to Sunday school or they go to Christian school and that's where they're going to learn the, the Bible stuff. Uh-uh, they're your kids. You teach them. That way you know that they're going to get taught, uh, as far as you're concerned, the right way. But children get tossed about with every wind of doctrine. Why does it say wind here, do you think? Tell me why. Okay, that's a good illustration. Huh? The words. Okay. Somebody else? All of these are good so far. So it's not like I'm looking for the only one that's right. Huh? There you go. That's another one. Not permanent. And that's, that's right there in the text. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Okay? Uh, anytime you have a mention of wind, air, you, you are looking at a term pointing you in the direction of spirits. That's what spirits are. Wind, um, breath, and so on. And what you said as far as words concerned, that also fits in as well. Uh, by the slight of men. Let's see here if I can do this. Hey, um, Hope, come here. No, tears, come here. I'm going to give you a quarter. Okay. I'm going to give you a quarter. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to put it in one of my hands. Okay. And you tell me which hand it's in. And if you get it wrong, you don't get the quarter.
Now, how did I do that? Did I, did I have the quarter here first and then make it disappear and appear in this hand? No, that's impossible. Not maybe, that's impossible. I'll show you. This is called the sleight of hand, okay? So I do this. And, and for the first 20 times, I can make you think that it's in this hand just about every time, if you watch carefully. It's right there. Now watch. I'm going to do it so slow that you can't miss it. Okay, ready? I still missed it. Uh, okay, slower yet. Ready? I didn't miss it. Okay. And I do it real fast like that. So when I go back and I go, here, there's your quarter. So you fell for it, okay? Here, we'll do it one more time. Ready here? Yeah. All right. Uh, I used to watch David Copperfield, and when we bought a, a VCR, I went nuts. And if David Copperfield came on TV, one of his big specials, like making the Statue of Liberty disappear, which was stupid, but his regular stage magic that he did was near perfect. It's spot on. And I used to tape record these magic shows and then play them back and try to figure out how they did. That was, that was always, I mean, that's how my mind works. I, I want to know how you did that, okay? Um, you know, David, I can do a magic trick. I can flip through a deck of cards and ask you to pick just one card that you would see as I'm flipping like cartoon style through a deck. And I could make you pick the exact card that I want you to pick. And first time I saw this, it was David Blaine doing it on a TV show, a live TV show. And sure enough, I picked like a two of hearts or jack of hearts. And that was the card that showed up. And I went, okay, now how did he do that? There's no way. I know for a fact that. He can't, who couldn't have made just me pick this one card and that show up only on my TV. Okay. Well, what he did was, it's real easy to do. He put two jack of hearts in there. And when he flipped through the, the cards, the only one that you could really see without being blurry was the jack of hearts because there was two of them back to back. And so guess what card everybody picked? Jack of hearts. They forced you to believe something that was true. And they forced you to pick something that they wanted you to pick. And you fell for it. I mean, you wouldn't believe how easy it is to deceive people and make them think they see something that's not really there. You would be, you would be dumbfounded at how simple some of the most, what you would think is a sophisticated trick how simple it is, okay? So uh, let, me, let me do something by way of illustration on this, okay? Uh, and I call this the, uh, the, the shepherd and the sheepfold idea, okay? Everybody, uh, if you just take your hand, put it out in front of your face like this, okay, and look at your hand, okay? Or just look at the pew in front of you or whatever, okay? Uh, now, take this hand and hold it straight out to your side 
to where you can still, you, you can see your figures wiggling, but you're still looking at this hand here, okay? Now, look at how far, stop where you are, and look at how far away this hand is from this hand. Quite a distance, okay? But your, your brain is actually picking up more than you think. Every second that you're awake, you're focused on the hand in front of you, but your eyes can see from this spot all the way out to this spot. These two spots here. That's a big, that's almost 180 degrees, okay, that your eyes can see. Your ears can hear every, stop for a minute and listen to this room. There are sounds in this room. I, I'm hearing my fan. I'm hearing the floor creak under me. That fan, okay. The paper. There you go. You can hear things, but you're hearing them all the time. You're just not focusing on them. But your brain is temporarily taking them in all the time. Now stop and think about how you're sitting and what the pew feels like on the bottom of your legs, on your bottom, on your back. You're feeling this the whole time you've been here, but now you're focusing on it. Okay? And your brain is this amazing gift of God that takes in all of this information all the time. And it's just amazing how that works. So... Here's Jesus, and Jesus says, uh, I am the shepherd of the sheepfold. I'm the guardian of the sheepfold. Nothing gets in while I'm here. Okay, and he said, the wolf won't come in, or the thief won't come in by the door of the sheepfold, because I'm the door. It won't come in straight away. He'll come in, what, what were the words? Some other way. And people who do mental magic can make you pick a card that, that they're holding way out here that you're focused on something here. They can make you pick that card over the one you're staring at. Because your brain is temporarily taking in that information and stored it in a short-term place. Okay? And that's sometimes, a lot of times, the devil will always come in this way. But yet Jesus, he said in Revelation, he said, behold, I stand where? At the door, the entrance to your conscious mind. I stand at the doorway and I knock. Meaning, I get your attention, but I don't just come in. I don't kick the door down. I don't force my way in and I knock. And I knock, and if you get up and open the doorway and say, you can come in, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And that's how Jesus will lead you to salvation every single time. Never subtly. Never by the slight and craftiness that the devil uses. He'll come in through the window. 
He'll cheat his way in. He will be in without you even noticing or knowing that he's in. But that's what he does. And Jesus, like I said, is the total opposite. He stands at the door where you expect someone to come in. He knocks. He never kicks his way in. He doesn't force his way in. And when you open the door and find out who it is and, and, and you've recognized him, and then he says, may I come in? If you let him in, he will come in and he'll take care of the rest because you gave him permission to. But the devil doesn't ask for permission. He always comes in some other way. Very quickly, I've got a list here of what I call windy philosophies. Number one, internet science. Okay? There is, the Bible talks about science falsely so-called. Be careful about whose science you're accepting on the internet. And I'm going to say this, if somebody is not a medical doctor, you should not depend on them for medical advice. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You, should, you would not ask your garbage collector what treatment you should get for whatever ailment you have. Okay? Now, I know that some doctors have a pre-selected viewpoint of how the body works, and some doctors have a completely different viewpoint, and it can get confusing. But I certainly, and people have asked me this, Pastor, should I get this? Should I take this? My doctor is saying this. Should I do this? Number one, I am not your doctor and I'm not a doctor and do not ask me to give you medical advice because I won't do it. And I'm not being mean. I'm just, I'm protecting you and I'm protecting me in this church. Because you could sue me and win if I gave you medical advice and I was wrong about it. Uh, so be careful about the science you listen to. Another Wendy philosophy, the flat earth people. <laughs> Jason Hutzel asked me the other day, did I... He, he said, do, do you know about the flat earth or do you believe in that? And I said, what are you talking about? And I, I went into telling him some things and he said, he watched a debate on it. And he said, the, the, the flat earth guy was, he said, he was just, just a complete moron. But believe it or not, I know a scientist, a trained scientist who now believes so much that the earth is flat. I mean, it's almost cost him everything that he's ever worked for in his life. And it's, it's made him kind of out there. And you can't talk him out of it. You, once somebody is convinced that the earth is flat, you, are not, you cannot win them over. It, it is a heart issue, is what it is. There's something in their heart that is a stumbling block, and God has allowed them to believe something that's not true. The Mandela effect, sort of the same idea, but it's the idea that, uh, that, that NASA or the Large Hadron Collider and the, and the Illuminati and the Freemasons all got together, and they changed something in the recent past so that the Berenstain Bears are now the Berenstain Bears. Like, who cares? 
If it's stain or stein, and it's called the Mandela effect because one version is uh, Nelson Mandela died in prison. But we're hearing now that he got out of prison and he ended up becoming the prime minister of South Africa. Well, I remember specifically that he died in prison. No, the answer to this is you remembered wrong. It's like I told you this morning. You, I, I, here I am upstairs yesterday talking about a verse in the Bible. And you'll see it today if you watch The Watchmen. And I'm going, you know, I keep saying this word wrong over and over again. Finally, I look at the verse and I'm going. And this one word changed the whole thing. You remember things wrong, don't you? So, and by the way, they say that they have changed the word of God. This is how I know it's not possible. You cannot change this Bible. And there is a, I, and I know a person who's involved in it, a whole organization that several years ago, they started rewriting the Bible based on how they remembered it used to be. Because, and it's all based on one verse, Chris, that says, um, the lion shall lay down with the bear, the lamb, yeah. And you go look for that, and it's not in the Bible anywhere. And they're going, Oh, it used to be. I remember it. I remember growing up. It was in the Bible. They've changed the Bible. Man, if they could change the Bible. So they got all these people together that are submitting how they remember the Bible really said something. And they're going to come up with their own version of the Bible. Chemtrails. Chemtrails were always, I don't know. Um, supposedly chemtrails, this thing goes all the way back to the 90s. Supposedly, the Illuminati wants to kill, uh, there's 8 billion people on the earth right now, they want to kill 7.5 billion people on the earth right now. They want to kill them and get rid of them. It, the earth is overpopulated. So, their theory is that back in the 90s, they started spraying poisons and toxins up in the upper atmosphere and when you went outside on certain days you look up and you see these trails of of uh, gas and vapor up in the sky and you're going oh my goodness they're spraying again they're trying to kill us all now stop and think about this rationally they started this program supposedly in the 90s let's say 19 let's say 1993 10 years later 2003 did the population of the earth decrease or increase? 2013. 2023. We're now at 8 billion people. So if that was designed to kill people, it's the worst one ever. It's not working. Bullets. Bullets. Get bullets. Okay? But people still will preach this and they'll say, I mean, it's all in the Bible, right there. It's all in the Word of God. There's at least 50 places in the Bible that says it. They always say that, but they, they can't give you any. And they would rather preach this to everybody, but not say a word about Jesus saves, the blood of Christ, God forgives all sins. They won't, they won't talk about that. Then I call this medical madness. That kind of goes with internet science. And there, there are people, like I say, who are not doctors, who are not qualified 
to give you medical advice. They're not there. Okay, there's one. There's one lady that I know of in particularly that she's the poster child for this. She believes and spreads it everywhere. She's supposed to be a Christian now. You won't hear her talk about the Lord. But she's spreading everywhere that the Illuminati, Bill Gates, obviously, and the Freemasons, and the reptilians, and all these secret societies, in order to try to kill as many women as they could, they developed a machine that when you as a woman go and, and um, get with this machine, it gives you cancer. And they're talking about a mammogram. She has said on multiple occasions that women go into a cancer center completely healthy, but as soon as they had the mammogram, they, the machine gave them cancer. I find that offensive. I don't find it just wrong and stupid. I find it offensive. My wife is alive today because of something that was that big. And I have uh, this person. I don't know if they still are, but they have been in our group online. And I have told them on two separate occasions privately to stop spreading a false gospel in our group. And that's what it comes down to. It basically says if you go and see doctors and get doctor exams and MRIs and all that stuff, then basically uh, you're calling God a liar and you don't believe that God can heal you and you're actually under Satan's spell and that's a false gospel to me. They've, they've equated medical purity to salvation. Saying that if you go see doctors and things like that, then you obviously don't believe in God. But God has planted all these plants all over the world that if we take them and use these plants, they'll heal us. They'll heal our bodies. Show me that one. Show me that in the Bible, that in this world, not the world to come, but in this world, that God has enough plants on the earth that will spare life and give everybody healing so that they won't die. Show me that in the Bible. It's the opposite. We've already ate the plant that brought death into this world. And the only tree that I'm aware of that provides an antidote to that is Jesus Christ. The tree of life. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. These are, and listen, these are winds of doctrines because th these people now that made the chemtrail videos back in the 90s, they're not making apology videos now. They're not making videos saying, um, we, we were wrong. We were wrong. We're sorry. We're going to give back the money that we took from you. So everybody send in a card. If you bought a video from us, we'll send you your $20 back. They're not doing that. You know what they're doing? They're coming out with something else. And they're going to sell it, and people are going to buy it. Okay? That's, a, that's what Chris was saying. It changes all the time. 
Okay, and they're, and they're making up stuff. Mike Adams, the health ranger, is one of the worst at it. He is making millions of dollars off of medical madness. And I'm waiting until next year. I've, I'm holding out because he predicted that by 2025, most of the people who read this article that he put online would be dead. So I'm waiting another year. I've got the article stored in my notes. And when it doesn't happen, I'm going to call him out on it every day for, I don't know, maybe I'll do it every day for a year. I'm sick of these people. I am. I've had it. And uh, I probably won't be able to put this on YouTube. YouTube's AI won't know what in the world is he saying. So we'll just have it on uh, Sermon Audio. Father, I love you. And I thank you, God, for the word of God. Lord, it tells us the truth. And Father, the gospel that you gave us makes us free. And Lord, I'm not going to be in the bondage of some wacko on the internet telling me that if I don't believe this thing or I don't believe in that thing, then I'm not going to heaven. And God, I thank you that you used a, a tool of modern medicine to save my wife's life. Lord, you didn't have to do it that way. You could have gotten rid of the tiny cancer cells. But you just chose this way. And Father, it doesn't matter to me how you do it. As long as you get the credit and you get the glory and the praise. So God, I thank you once again for saving my wife's life. Because I, I couldn't make it without her. So thank you, Father. And Father, please help. Please help some people today. Father, I say this out of love. Please help some people, Lord, that are caught up in some of this nonsense. An old friend of mine, God, would you deliver him from the madness that he's accepted. Show us the truth, Father. Show us the way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.